Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. talk to you tonight about faith in the name of Jesus. And um, um, what, I, what I'm seeking to do, and, and forgive me if I don't get uh, real deep, but uh, what, this is a very basic lesson. Unfortunately, many of us that came to church either came in at a time where, well, number one, many of us that got born again, got born again in what I call maternity churches. A maternity church is a church that is, that is evangelistically motivated, and people will come to the Lord because of the of the spirit of the house. People uh, there are really, really forward in their witness for the Lord. And uh, when you meet them, they just draw you to the Lord. But it doesn't take maybe about two years before you realize, you know what? I've kind of peaked out. Ever happened to you? Anybody here, you know, you, you got saved in one house, but you know, you realize that you kind of hit the ceiling and, and what they, they was recycling the teaching again about being born again. And that's a maternity house. Don't, don't hate on them. That's their call. God has divided this thing into, or separated is a better word, into maternity houses and maturity houses. Each one, the leader of the, of the church has to, be, has to be mindful, the pastor has to be mindful that the people that he have will not be there all the time. They're going to cycle out. And what that means is, is that for a maturity church, they're going to, go, they're going to move to a, mature, a maturity church where they can grow. The maturity church pastor must understand that when they grow, they're going to go out again into ministry. You got it? And so we all have our assignment. We have to learn how to, how to bring people in, love them, and then send them out. Uh, so many of you came from uh, maternity houses, and you didn't learn some of the basics. You got saved, fell in love with Jesus, which is a, a wonderful thing. But now you have to learn, we have to learn some basic things to the kingdom of God. And one of them is the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, now you hear, we, we, we say it as a tag to our prayers, and we use it as this magical incantation, a spell, if you will, uh, over our prayers. We say all these wonderful things and we say in Jesus' name and we think that's the magic word, you know. You know, Alakazam, you know, it's like, it's supposed to happen. But that's not the way it plays out and I want us to, to really come to terms with what God means when he says to us we do things in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Why don't you read oh, verse 38 with me? Ready? Let us read. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of this word. Let's be seated. Now flip over to the book of Acts chapter 3. What we're going to do is I'm going to show you methodically, and when I use the term methodically, this is a doctrinal lesson, and of course you know, the, you know the, the drill. When it's a doctrinal lesson, I must give you a mountain of scriptural evidence so that your faith will rest in the word of God and in the power of God and not in the wisdom of a man. It is the, it is the plan of God that through a, a conviction, which is a strong belief that moves a person into action, that the name of Jesus Christ provide us with this tremendous advantage or leverage uh, that is unknown to any other people group in the world. It, it is the will of God that we learn how to uh, use the name of Jesus the way it was intended. 
In the book of Acts chapter 3, look at verse 1. I want, I want to point out to you some, some very interesting um, facts about Acts chapter 3. If you know anything about the Bible, Acts chapter 3 is, is, a, is, a, is a chapter in the Bible where the disciples are going to prayer and they meet a man there who is lame, he's crippled. What you need to understand is that man had been there for several years. That means he was there when the Lord was in the earth. That means every day that Jesus went to the, to the temple, he passed this man by. He was healing everybody else, but he didn't heal him. Amen? And there's a reason for that. Now, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily. You see that? They laid him, how? Daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Now, you don't know this, but you just saw the reason why the man didn't get healed. He wasn't there for healing. He was there for money. It's amazing how more than money was available, but he thought money was the, was the uh, be all end all. And sometimes you will come to the house of God, or, or, or I've seen people come to this church and, and they're attracted because of the, of the image of success, the image of prosperity, and they come with the intent of becoming a member and getting a handout. See, the problem with that is number one, uh, the, the, the image of success it's just, it's just a, a substance, or the symbol rather. The substance behind that is faith in the word of God. Yeah. You got it? All that you see that is done, I could tell a, sto a faith story behind everything you see that we own as a church. How many of you remember, what, what's this one? How many of you remember years ago, it was, it was in the wintertime, and we were in here praying, the Lord spoke specifically, and I told you, put on your coats, we're going outside, we're going to walk up and down the road and claim all the property. How many of you remember that? Put your hand up. When we were doing it, it seemed so crazy. Pastor done lost his mind, it's warm in the building, and he didn't say just go claim one property, we claiming all the property. But it sounded crazy to me too. I was simply following God's instructions. Alright? So we go out and we claim property, and after we came back in, nothing happened. You know, we claim the property. And the Lord spoke to my heart, uh, uh, I think about 2004, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he says, oh, it's not going to just come to you. He said, you have to act in faith. So I start asking the Lord, what, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, start making phone calls. There were numbers on the property. The property back here, we didn't even know who owned it. Let me tell you the story about this property right back here. We are leasing this property from the owners for $25 a year indefinitely. That's what the contract says. $25 a year indefinitely. But when we call them to buy it, they won't sell it to us. Some lawyers own the property. They say, oh, no, we can't sell you that property. And there's two separate patches of land, this patch and that patch over there. $25 a year, indefinitely. That was the beginning of miracles. The property across the street was already sold when we tried to buy it. And I said, well, it's ours. if it's ours, the guy's going to come back to you. And the realtor laughed at me. <laughs> I'll be looking for you another piece of land. I went to Houston, and sure enough, I got a call from my office. They said, Pastor, there's a guy here. And he said, the land that you and him talked about, sure enough, Owner came back and said he couldn't bail on it. So he wants to know, will you give him the same amount of money that the other guy gave him? I said, no, I'm going to give you less. <laughs> There's a faith story behind everything that we have done. It looks like success because faith did it. 
It looks like success because faith did it. Now this man, he's at, the, he's, he's at the gate called Beautiful. He's been there daily and, and the king of all the earth, the king of the universe is passing him by every day, healing all manner of folk, all kind of diseases, but he's not coming for healing. He's looking at the verse two says, and they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered in. So no doubt he asked Jesus for alms and no doubt Jesus gave it to him. Told Judas, get some money out the person gave it to him. Verse 3 says, who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an arm. And Peter fastening his, now how many of you know what arms are? Arms. What they are, they're, they're just gifts of love. They're, they're gifts given to the poor. Okay? And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them. He, I promise you the something that he was looking to receive was money. Amen. Then Peter said unto, then Peter said, I don't want to give you a fish. I want to teach you to fish. No, I'm sorry. He said, silver and gold, <laughs> silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, underline it in your Bible. He says, Peter fastens his eyes on him. He says, silver and gold have I none. He said, but the thing that I do have, I'm going to give it to you. And his very next words were, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what did he tell him to do? Rise up. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He didn't even give him a chance to think about it. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Notice now this man's will had nothing to do with it. Amen. He didn't choose to walk. He did not respond in faith. The person using the name of Jesus that knew what he had. Peter knew what he had. He said, I'm going to give you what I know I have. Don't got money, but I know what I got. And he reached out. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He took him, raised him up. And as soon as the man, before he could argue, his legs received strength. Before he could argue. And the Bible says, and he leaping, he, he, he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and they knew that it was he which sat for arms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto them, unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. Now, this is, this is a critical, critical part of the lesson I want you to take a look at. When Peter saw it, he answered and said unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power, underline that, or holiness, we had made this man to walk? So here's what Peter said. Peter said, here's, now here's the issue. Why are you acting like we did something? He said, there's two things I want to clarify for you. Number one, the power didn't come from us. In other words, when we spoke and said in the name of Jesus, somebody else did something, we were just the agent that it happened through. Amen. That's the first thing. Number two, the way we're living had nothing to do with this. Now, sidebar, pastor, you say we could live like the devil? No, no. But what I'm saying is, if, 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 if your sanctification is like a ladder, and it's on a, from zero to 10, 10 being I'm holier than, um, no, 10, 10 being I am just a, just a walking uh, saint. I should be in heaven right now. And zero being I'm carnal but saved. If I'm, if I'm on the third rung of the ladder, I will get the same results in Jesus' name as the person on the ninth rung. 
What he's trying to say is it doesn't matter what level, I'm going to prove it to you in the Bible. It makes no difference what level of development you're in. If you understand the, name, the use of the name of Jesus, and as he said here, as Peter said, he said, I don't have money. I don't, right now I have no money in my possession. But what I have in my possession, I'm going to give it to you. Amen. And here's what he had in his possession. An understanding of his ownership of the name of Jesus. As basic a lesson as this is, very few of us have been taught this. As a matter of fact, by a show of hands, let me see how many of you have ever been taught a lesson on using the name of Jesus. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Okay. Now, put your hands down. Now, the ones that, Pastor, I've never been taught of using the name. Put your hand up. Okay, everybody hold your hand. Look around. Everybody look around. Look around. Okay. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. You know what's funny? Until I studied it, nobody taught me either. But everybody in the church was using this term in the name of Jesus. And for us, it had become like, a, a, like a, a magical words or what's called word magic. You got it? Like something's supposed to happen when I said, well, what's supposed to happen? That's what we're going to learn tonight. Okay? So now look where we, where we stop. Verse what? 12. Okay. He says, you men, look at in the middle of it. You men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? So notice now, when we, when we use the name of Jesus, we don't make anything happen. Amen. You understand that? Amen. The problem in the church is that, especially in the old Pentecostal church that I came from, I was talking about my experience, and I had some wonderful people, had wonderful leaders, people that loved God, but here's the issue. We used to act as if, matter of fact, I never forget this. There was a night I was sitting in church, I was a young minister. And I was sitting on, it was two aisles, two rows, one on this side, one on this side. And it was, I was sitting over here with the ministers and a sister behind me manifested. How many of you know what the term manifested means? Anybody ever heard of term? How many of you don't know what the term manifested means? It means that she started talking like a devil. Little girl about this big, voice dropped about four or five octaves and she started talking like this and it freaked everybody out. And when the pastor realized what was happening, he said, he says, if you don't have faith, get out now. I grabbed my Bible and I started, and, and <laughs> And he said, all the ministers stay. And I'm like, dog. I was about to break out the house. That joke was something off television. And listen, and, and I stood there and watched these seasoned Pentecostal ministers wrestle this girl to the ground. And, and she fought them. I'm talking about fought like six grown men until they cast the devil out. Now, that night we were in revival, so we had a visiting church. A visit, visiting bishop was there. The, the girl got delivered. It was wonderful. We came back and had church. The next day, the churches started arguing over which preacher's power got the girl delivered. Mm -hmm. The last time I saw her, she was so sick from disease, from backsliding and going back out into, into the world, that she became, in my mind, a testimony of what God does not want. She got caught in the middle of a church fight over whose power whose power had caused a, cast a devil out when the answer was right here in the book. It wasn't his power or his power. The power was in the name of Jesus. The power was in the, in the name of Jesus. That's what it says now. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. 
prayer at first was a struggle because you know it, it really takes faith to pray you have to you have to trust that God is like a person he's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer in this book you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him yes. pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees, Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Look at verse uh, 13. Matter of fact, no, let's, yeah, let's go down to verse 13. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, had glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was de- determined to let him go. But he denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murder to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life. Underline it in your Bible. You killed the prince of life. When you see the word prince uh, uh, used in the King James Bible, the word prince speaks of authority and leadership, not necessarily as a, of a king's son. Prince is simply leader. He's the author, the, the prince or the, the, uh, the, the author of life. Whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And watch, like, watch verse 16. Watch verse 16. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given this man perfect soundness, perfect soundness, perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, the Amplified says, in his name, through and by faith in his name, had made this man whom you see and recognize well and strong. Yes, the faith which is through and by him, Jesus, has given, this man, or given the man this perfect soundness of body before all of you. Everybody looking for a minute. Notice what Peter said. The explanation he gave was powerful. Peter said, here's what you need to understand. He said, it is the name that we spoke over him. And all we did was we put faith in the name. He said, it was a name. We spoke the name over him, and what we added to it was we have faith in the name, and the name itself, not us, not us, but the, the, the name gave him what? Perfect soundness. And you can't uh, refute it. He says, you know this man, he lives among you. This story begins in Acts chapter 3. But it becomes a theme of the book of Acts because because of this one miracle, a persecution is about to break out. But we've overlooked this. We, we, we fussed about Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Ghost fell and whether we should speak in tongues or not speak in tongues or whether you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. And we argued over dumb stuff. We always find craziness to argue about when the powerful thing is God has given us a name. When you leave here tonight, you can go to the silly sallies and the, and, and, and the, the crazy willies in your family and you won't you speak the name over them. Amen. You won't speak the name of Jesus over some folk and you will get some folk free. Amen. You need to just say, oh yeah, 
Oh, yeah. And before some of you leave here tonight, we're going to speak the name over you. Amen. So, Pastor, but we've been using the name. But I'm going to show you from the word of God, you can use the name. But if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't own it, Peter said, such as I have, I'm going to give to you. Many of you don't even know you got it. If I were to tell you right now the domes are locked shut, they closed down for the midweek service. But if I were to say tonight, or I'll tell, I may tell one of you, go get a series. I want you to pick up this series. You say, well, Pastor, the, the dome is closed. For you, that's a big deal. But for me, all oh, this is a word. I can, I can, from right, from the pulpit right now, I just mentioned casually, somebody go open the door, go open the bookstore, and it's going to get done. Amen. You got it? Now, I don't have my key with me. What I have is authority. Amen. Irrefutable authority. He said, well, suppose they don't want to do it, I fire him. <laughs> no, you're making a big deal out of it. It's a simple thing with me. See, what we do is we take things that, that the world says is a big deal, and we, we buy into their big deal when you have a name that's been given to you to use. When you, the, you go to the doctor, the doctor gives you a prescription. He signs his name. You take it to the pharmacist. He looks at it. He verifies it. And he fills the prescription based on a name. So don't tell me you don't, you don't understand how this works. How many of you are in the military, are in the military, ever was in the military, everybody was okay? You know this, your orders are cut, but your orders mean nothing unless there is a name on, the, on those orders. Matter of fact, anyone that processes those orders, does anything on those orders without a signature will get in trouble. I know I worked personal for 11 years. Names are very important, okay? Now... So, so I, I want to I work this for you, but there's a couple of scriptures I want to show you. I made a statement about this, this thing about holiness. Peter said, it's not our power. Everybody says, it's not our power. It's not our power. So now, by, by you understanding it's not your power, now you don't have to measure up to anything. Isn't that wonderful? You have to go get yourself all strong and go on a 30-day fast. You don't have to do that right now. Now, it, it, it will help. I'm going to show you later on how it helps. Okay? When you go on a fast to increase your spiritual power, it's not that it, by, by not eating you become more spiritual. If that's the case, then there should be spiritual power in Somalia and anywhere else that there's famine. If, 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 the, if the connection is if I'm hungry, I get spiritually strong, then let's all get hungry. That's not the issue. What fasting does is fasting amplifies your prayer. What it does, it, it, releases, your un, it releases you from your unbelief. You shut off your natural gates, you point your faith heavenwards, and when you do that, you strengthen your faith. The fasting is not really about the name, it's about you. But from your position of, of number one or number two on the rung of spiritual development, right now you could use that name and get results. I'm going to show it to you. I want to show you two examples in the Bible of people who used, who, well, go to Acts chapter 19. I want to show you this right quick. Acts chapter 19, and look with me at verse 11. The key thing about the name of Jesus is that you have to own it. You have to know it was given to you. You say, oh, Pastor, um, so far you haven't proven that yet. Well, good, I haven't. But when I do prove it, then you got to jump on it. Amen. How many of you tonight want to believe? Amen. Okay, everybody say, I came, I came to, believe. to believe. I refuse, I refuse. to be an unbelieving, unbelieving believer. believer. 
That means you didn't come in tonight to say, well, well, what about this? No, no, we're not looking for loopholes. We came to believe. I'm looking for something to sink my teeth into because I want to trust God. There's some things in my life that need to be, listen, anybody here that you say I got some things that need some attention right now? Yeah, then doctor talking crazy, talking about I'm going to be on this medication for the rest of my life. The devil is a lie. I'm about to call a name over that thing. Oh, yes, sir. All right, so I tried it before. It didn't work. It wasn't the name. It was you. <laughs> Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Are you there? And God wrought special miracles by the hand of, hands of Paul. Now, remember now, a miracle is a temporary in- interruption in the natural order of things so that God can get his resources from heaven to earth. A miracle is a, is a temporary interruption in the natural order of things, in natural laws, so that God can have an open window to get his resources from heaven to earth. How many of you got that? Good. So the Bible says here now, watch this now, and God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. Notice it does not say that God made Paul special. It said God worked special miracles through him. You see that? Now, so that, here's what the manifestation of it, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. Now, notice now, these miracles were done. If you you follow the life of Paul after he's saved, he's doing these miracles, these special miracles in the name of Jesus. So it's not just that he anoints a rag with oil and sends it or sends it to the mail. A mail order miracle. No, that's not what it is. What he's doing is, he's realizing, I can't go minister to everybody, so, the, so I own the name, such as I have. And so what he does, he says, you know what, in, in the name of Jesus Christ, let the person that touches get healed. It, and he's touching all kinds of stuff, and God is honoring that. Not because he's special, but because he has taken ownership of the name. Now you say, well, Pastor, well, you know, uh, I think it's because Paul's super holy. I'm going to prove to you in Acts chapter 13, 14, so, uh, right around uh, Acts chapter 13, he leaves uh, going on his missionary journey. I believe it's Acts 14 or Acts 15, I'm not sure. He gets into an argument with Barnabas. And Paul refuses to forgive John Mark for abandoning them the first time they went out on the missionary journey. He refused to forgive him. So much so that him and Barnabas started to argue. He took one guy with another way. Barnabas took John Mark with the other way. And listen, and uh, I don't think God was pleased with that. Later on, Paul gets it together and Paul says, you know, bring John Mark to me. He's profitable to me for the ministry. But before that, he won't forgive him. So he's human like we are. But God works special miracles by his hand. Why? Because he owned the name. I'm going to show it to you in a minute. Can I prove this to you? Listen, don't ever believe anything I say or any preacher unless we prove it. If I can't prove it, I'm going to tell you. But I'll usually say, I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. (laughs) If I believe it. You got it? Now watch this. This is 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 important. Let's look at verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits. What? The name of what? Now, watch this now. A vagabond Jew, um, your Bible may say itinerant, they were traveling. Now, here's what they have in common. I preached this last week, I think Friday night at um, Wings of Deliverance in Headland. Everybody look up. I want to help you. These guys, they were vagabond Jews. The word vagabond means they weren't committed to any local church. They were wanderers, church hoppers. 
And the Bible says, they took it, now look at this now, they took it upon them, they took uh, upon themselves to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, watch this now, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. What's missing? What's missing? They don't own it. They don't own it. They said, we, they said, we come to you in the name of Jesus who Paul preached. They didn't say, silver and gold have we none but such as we have. Amen. They said, we come to you, evil spirit, in the name of Jesus who Paul owns. We don't own him, but we borrowed him for a minute. You can't borrow the name and get results. Amen. You can't borrow the name and get results. No, uh-uh. uh, you, you have to own this thing. You have to be in this thing. You can't be vag- vagabond in your thinking. Vagabond in your commitment. You can't, listen, I just, you, you don't have to be a spiritual giant, but you can't be vagabond. You got to be what? Committed to God. You have to own this name for yourself. Amen. Watch this now. Watch this. So he says, look back at verse 13. Took upon them, it took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We assure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, a chief of the priests, which did so. I pointed out on, on Friday night that these men were raised in the church. Seven boys who were, who were church boys because their father was a chief priest. There's no way your father is a chief priest and you were not in church every Sabbath day. Watch this now. Where did I stop? Fifteen. And, and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul... I know. Finish the verse with me, bud. But who are you? We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.